There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. What are we waiting for? Take us! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 50. My guest today is J. Scott Homan, good friend of mine and probably the funniest man I've ever known in my life. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to him today. So here we go. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm great. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, <laughs> I started this thing over like three times. Um... Yeah. <laughs> you run gateway over there? Am I doing what? You're running a, a compact kind of computer, kind of two-bit show you're running over there. <laughs> it's your basic Apple Mac Chrome. I don't know what the fuck it is, man. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just your basic Apple Pro MacBook thing. Um, how are you? Uh, how are you doing today? I was just telling people that uh, you're probably the funniest guy I've ever known in my life. The first time I ever listened to your CD, um, I can't remember who gave it to me, but I laughed my ass off. It's the only thing I've ever sh I've ever shared with my mother. Um, I was like, "Mom, you, you got to listen to this guy," and we sat there and laughed our asses off. Do you still have a copy of that thing somewhere? I bet I could dig one up. I should have put that on the back of the CD. You can listen to it with your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always quote, I always quote the. Home. Sorry, go ahead. I'm back home living with my mama. Yeah, how's that going? Ah, uh, it's uh, early to bed, early to rise. <laughs> yeah. I, I always quote the first part of that CD. You remember that joke? It was dirt. You go, the great Kosovo war is over. You have to be happy about that. I know I did my part. Every day I'd get in my Chevy Sepside Silverado pickup truck and run a damn you go in the ditch. Hell yeah, that's a true story. You <laughs> go, <laughs> Take that, you tyrant. I always quote that shit. Not many people remember the Great Coast Bowl. Yeah, no, sure don't. Um, how is your uh, so tell tell the people what kind of cancer it is you're battling right now? I got the good one. <laughs> I got the uh, stage four melanoma cancer that spread uh, throughout my my pelvis, my lungs, my neck. And all I can do is just keep me alive, uh, just uh, extend my life. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's a, I don't think about it much, but when somebody calls with a podcast, sure. Yeah. But, uh, it, uh, it started with a uh, little spot on my leg, just a, a little place that itched, and I scratched it. And then one day I scratched it and it bled, and then I put a Band-Aid on it and just kept a Band-Aid on it and poured alcohol and peroxide and bactine, you know, Yeah. on it. And then, then one day I looked at it and it had kind of blown up. It looked like a business end of a balloon, like a nipple. You know what it looked like? It looked like a monkey vagina. <laughs> Nothing. It was something that 
that pregnant women got. And for some reason, I didn't have one. And then it came back and it was, uh, it was, uh, melan- it was not, it was melanoma. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then, you know, I took a, a treatment, uh, uh, immunotherapy. It wasn't in my, I was stage three then, and I took this high-dollar immunotherapy treatment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was supposed to affect uh, my odds of not having any cancer, but then I went and had a scan and found out that immunotherapy did not work. Yeah. But, yeah, so check your uh, skin under it. Find a thing that starts itching. Don't scratch it. Well, I went to... I, I went. have it cut off. Sorry, go ahead. Just go have it cut off. Yeah. Well, I went to a I went to a dermatologist like as soon as I found as soon as I found out about about yours, I went to a dermatologist to see because I grew up never wearing a never wearing sunscreen or any of that shit and mowing lawns without a shirt on and all that stuff and never putting right. on sunscreen, you know. Right. And you're like my third friend who came down with skin cancer. What's that? Now the skirt, now the sunscreen will give you cancer that side. No shit. Yeah, so you can't win either way. Yeah. You gotta buy expensive. They sell one that cancer, uh, non-cancer sunscreen. That's big of them. That's kind of you gotta get. Yeah. Get that. Done. Well, the damn dermatologist I went to, she was, she, she was like, she brought in this little light, you know, and looked at all my moles and all that stuff and then and she's like well for three hundred dollars you can we can put you under something that can really see and i'm like well what the fuck am i paying you for then (laughs) you know she brought me in there basically it felt like just to just to sell me on something more expensive um so i'm gonna keep an eye on all my my moles and all that stuff but when 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 something like automatic mold checker Yeah, well, um, when when you hear a, something like that, I mean, are are you scared? Does it does it scare the shit out of you? You know that really doesn't because I'm kind of in the same situation. The only thing is, you know, I could have an aneurysm tomorrow and uh, be surprised as hell that I died with an aneurysm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't feel go any other way. But, you know, my odds are pretty good that I'm going to... But you never know how long... The, the drugs I'm on are only two years old. So if this would have happened three years ago, I'd have been screwed. Yeah. But the drugs I'm on now, it, it like, shrinks the cancer. So it keeps it... I mean, they're pretty harsh drugs. They got their own problem with side effects, but they, you know, I, I don't have to worry about it. keeps the cancer down to the level where it doesn't really screw with me. So what is it they're doing right now for your treatment? Like you have to do that's, the chemo? That's I'm taking an oral chemo. Okay. It's uh, two pills that I have to take every day, and they'll. Uh, weird thing is, and I don't know why, is on average they'll work. These two pills will will work, but for on average uh, twenty months, and then for some reason they quit working. So then you have to hope hope for something else. And then they got well, then they tell me they got another. They got a, another immunotherapy deal that will work. But again, it works for just only so so long. It's weird. 
So the the hope the hope is that you just keep going on that on that medicine. And in the meantime, they find something that that keeps yeah, working. Yeah, just hope, hope they keep finding something. Yeah. Well, um, how how long kind is of a, kind of a game? <laughs> yeah, no shit. How how long has it been now since you've been retired from stand up? Uh, six years. Six years. Do you miss it? I do. Yeah. Recently about doing it because, you know, seems, I don't know, seems uh, like if I'm going to do it, I better do it now, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you should. I think, uh, I think it'd be good for you, you know, in a lot of ways. And uh, it'd sure be good for anybody who's listening to you because... I'm not bullshitting you, man. Uh, you you are one of the funniest guys I've ever known in my whole life, and and your stand up is hilarious, and uh, you're one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, I, I would really love to see you do it again. Yeah, I do miss it. It would be fun. Yeah, where would you go and do it at? Where? What's the biggest city you're close to? Probably have to be Nashville. Yeah, they got a couple clubs, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been in either one of them in about a decade, probably. If you could do any one thing over about your career, what would it, what would it be? I'd have written more. I'd been more prepared for moments that came. Um, you know, I was just kind of going without a plan. Yeah. I just, I just like doing it, you know. I didn't really have a, I didn't want to be an actor. Uh, you know, I was, I thought I'd be terrible at acting, but I wanted to do comedy as far as, it was, as far as I can ride that horse. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm running up against now. Like, you know, you, in order to stay relevant, you almost have to be in a movie or, or a TV show or, or, or be really good on social media or something. You know, you have to have a following because it's so competitive anymore. You can't just be funny. That's like about the fourth and most important thing they give a shit about anymore. Um, yeah. and, and all I ever wanted to do was do this for a living. And for the first 15 years of my career, that was pretty easy to do just because I was good at it and there was always a you know a need for it and as long as you're good at it you keep working and I've stayed busy but it's 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 gotten harder instead of easier as far as you know making sure you're working all the time and and doing gigs that you actually want to do you know um, so I kind of you know that's why we're talking about doing this YouTube thing that we're gonna start filming for tomorrow and you telling me about Tom Mabe that kind of made me feel better about it because sometimes I'm like, what the hell? You know, sometimes I am not sure exactly, you know, how it's going to go or if it's going to be a waste of time or anything. It is a lot of fun, but I don't really know Tom May. What kind of videos is he making? Uh, a lot of them are uh, like prank okay. videos you know, he's, he's doing all kind of things. Now that he's got this green screen, he's doing all kind of things. Well, I uh, was getting ready to order one when you called to do this, and uh, as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna order it, and hopefully it'll be here by Thursday. And and uh, I didn't realize how cheap they were. It's only like 160 bucks for a damn green screen. I figured it'd be a lot more expensive than that. Steven Spielberg for 160 bucks. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you you probably don't remember the what's that? In America, great. Yeah, your own sci-fi movie for one hundred sixty bucks. with your telephone. You're in show business. Yeah, I bought a damn YouTube camera for three dollars the other day on the on the internet that just goes right on my phone for three bucks. It's like this fancy pants camera. Three dollars. Three dollars. 
What? You know, you know some kind of that um, corporate slave had to make that. Yeah. Hey, I I know I'm asking questions kind of in a weird order here, but I've always been curious. What do you think about Donald Trump? I, you know, I've got a range of emotions with Donald Trump, I guess. I, I hate the way he tweets. I hate his Twitter uh, habit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he first got into office, he scared me to death. Yeah. But as we're going on, I, you know, I don't know. He's doing things different. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like all of them, but I mean, he's really kind of taking a different approach to some things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about politics, and I I do know that sometimes he says things that like, like he had a speech about immigration, or Bill Clinton had a speech about immigration and got a standing ovation, and. And uh, Trump basically said the exact same thing, but he just is so shitty at saying things in a presidential manner that that people can't, you know, get past what a jackass he is. But I just thought I just found it, found it funny that Clinton basically said the same thing, and Congress gave him a standing ovation, and then Trump yeah. says the same shit, and everyone thinks he's a racist. <laughs> 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 it's all about it's all about wording. This country is all about window dressing, you know, like. We like somebody to be better looking and and taller and be speaking well and all that shit. And sometimes we don't even... I, I don't know enough about politics to even know if he's doing a good job. The economy seemed like it was doing pretty good and people wanted to give him credit for that. And then when it went to shit, they wanted to blame him for it too. So I don't know who to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's on who you listen to. Yeah. When it comes to that... When did you yeah. first? When did you first start doing stand up? Anyway, uh, it was the late eighties, late eighties, eighty eight, eighty seven, somewhere in there. I had such a good time. I don't remember. That was the. That's when it was fun. That's that's when I. That's all I wanted to be was stand up comedian. Yeah. Not doing crap. I'd have paid them at that point. Yeah. I tell people all the time that don't know the beginning is the best part. That first couple of years when I wasn't, when I was, when it wasn't my job, like right at the two year mark, the restaurant I was working at closed down. And I never got another job. That was 17 years ago. But that first two years leading up to it before I worried about making a nickel, that was the funnest part, learning how to do it and all that stuff. And, and you, I got into it in the late nineties. Well, actually early two thousands. So when you got into it, it was uh, it was a lot different. Uh, ga- it was a lot different it game. When I got in, yeah, everybody was hopped up on cocaine. <laughs> Those were <the> days. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever do? Did you ever do cocaine anymore? Yeah. Did you ever try cocaine and get on stage? Yeah, didn't you tell me last time we talked that you you had panic attacks, what, towards the end of your career? Yeah, I didn't need help. I already had panic attacks, so I didn't need cocaine. What, did, it, did you ever have a panic attack on stage? No, once I got on stage, I was fine. But once some, I hit the stage, I was fine. But sometimes before, it, before the show? Go away immediately, as soon as I hit the stage. But sometimes before the shows, you would have panic attacks? I'm sorry? I just said, but sometimes before the shows, you'd have panic attacks? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd have them all the time. Okay. And I think it was like 
I told you, I, it was my theory is is that was uh, they were putting that was a year they were putting miracle grow on the weed. Yeah. They found later that that something in miracle grow and smoking it caused uh, panic attacks. Yeah. Because after I started buying Mexican weed again, that it went away. Yeah. I was buying the primo, as they were calling it. But I think that was part of the problem. Because I didn't have them until I'd been doing comedy about 10 years or so. Okay. And then they started. Well, that's. But I have them all the time. I mean, it, would, it, it didn't matter what time of the night or day it might be. One might come on. Yeah, my brother had one one time. Um, this was probably, this was a long time ago. We, we happened to smoke some pot in this apartment I had, and, and he drove home and had to stop on the way home and knock on a stranger's door and say, I, I'm sorry, I know you don't know me, but I think I'm dying and I need an ambulance. <laughs> I, I mean, it scared the shit out of him. I like I made Troy actually pull over. We are driving down the interstate in Omaha. I made him pull over because I didn't want to die in his shitty car in the Omaha. Yeah, I was just uh, I was just working with a guy that knew Troy Baxley real well. He was a he's a funny funny dude, Troy Baxley. I bet the two of you together were a fucking man. I, I don't think I could have stopped laughing at all hanging out if I hung out with you two at the same time. He he had a joke about the wait staff. He would say uh, he he would say uh, the wait staff here won a round won a uh, contest for the best wait staff in the state. And right around the time people people would start clapping for it, and then it would die down. And he'd say he'd say, unfortunately, they're off getting their reward, and we're stuck with these assholes. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any other stories about Troy Baxley? Did you guys work together a lot? No, I was like the other. I'd worked with him one other time in Little Rock years before. But, no, we didn't work together much. Yeah. What, uh, what, what would you tell any young comp... What does the ultimate panic attack feel like? You know, you're gonna, your heart was gonna explode. Yeah, and it just it just comes over you out of nowhere, huh? Yeah, and then one day it all went away, and I haven't had a panic attack ever since. Huh? It just went one day, it just stopped. Yeah, well, I think you might be onto something with that weed because uh, ever since I stopped smoking pot, I don't I don't really feel like that too much either. So a lot of people think it calms you down, but it just depends, I guess, on how much you smoke and how often and all that. I I used to smoke it quite a bit, so maybe that was part of my problem. Yeah, you had overloaded it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm the same way. Whenever I get nervous about a show, as soon as I would get on stage, um, it, it goes away. I mean, there are times where I thought I was, you know, I would be so nervous, I didn't even think I was going to be able to do stand-up. I mean, I still get that way occasionally. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this tonight. And as soon as they say my name, something comes over me and I just get a lot calmer. You know, as soon as I get up there. Yeah. Something up the rides. That. What, 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 did you, what, what did you do when you were on stage and somebody would, uh, somebody would just keep... You know, I've been doing this 19 years and this lady in the front row the other night just kept talking... And she was a little older lady, and she was sitting right in the front row, and she just kept, she kept saying the same thing over and over. She wanted to tell a joke, and she kept saying, I, have, I just have one joke, and she kept saying it over and over, and the rest of the crowd couldn't tell how annoying she was being. She was talking after every fucking joke and all that, 
and it should have been the best show of the week, and it probably ended up being the worst because I was in my head the whole time, just like I was on defense or something, you know, thinking that she was going to you know, screw up every punchline, and she did screw up quite a few of them or tried to, and then I found myself practically screaming into the microphone and trying to look cool the whole time. And <laughs> did, did you ever did you ever lose it on anybody? So neither one of them are worth a shit. Yeah, you got no good ops. Yeah, that's how I felt with this lady. I mean, it, the room was sold out, and she just kept. And it was it was like the whole front row, like they were together, you know. And and uh, and then I found out after the show they had they had paid like fifty bucks to sit in the front row. So it was like she was, they you know they just a lot of people think they're part of the show that way, and I'm like you know it. It takes a long time to write all this shit and get it exactly the way you want it, and then you got a sold-out show and you want to deliver it the way it's supposed to be, and and she was fucking it up every step of the way. So I was in my head the whole time. I've got this chunk of material I'm trying to phase out of my act, and I found myself... I, it was the only show of the week that I ended up doing that chunk of material because it was just so easy for me to remember, you know, but I didn't want to do it. And I wanted to do all my new stuff for this audience, but then I found myself just having to be on autopilot, and and you know you're not having any fun when you're doing that. No, you know. Yeah. Did that? Uh, I get drunk though. <laughs> like, so that's the only way I can get through is on autopilot. Uh, I get drunk third show. Yeah. If sorry for show, I apologize. If what? Anyone ever saw me on the third show, I apologize. Yeah, we don't have too many third shows anymore. It's hard enough to fill two damn shows. Right. Yeah, but I've done some of those third shows, and uh, I quit drinking. I, I had my seven-year anniversary just a few days ago, actually. I haven't had a drink in seven years. Um, and okay. I don't miss it for the most part. Do you still drink sometimes or no? Yeah. But I was up until about five months ago. Mm-hmm. You had some drinks uh, five months ago? I was drinking probably twice, twice a week. I bought a pint, uh, not a pint, a half a pint. Mm-hmm. I've got under a half a pint about twice a week. And, but now I don't drink at yeah. all. Yeah. Even with mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What was your childhood like? Did you Did you grow up with both your parents? Were they married your your whole childhood, or because they're divorced now, right? back when they didn't treat soldiers coming home uh, very good, you know. Yeah. And and I didn't know this about you till recently, but uh I, I didn't realize, you know, we spent a 
fair amount of time together that especially that one gig we did and uh i don't think you ever told me that you were you went to college on a running on a track on a cross-country scholarship didn't you yeah well you met me out smoking and drinking yeah but you never even brought it up wasn't interested much in cross-country anymore And how how fast did you say you could run a mile? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're in the right area too, Alabama. What what's the fastest you could run a mile back then? minutes and 20 seconds jesus holy shit man i can't even imagine running that fast for that long four minutes and tw- that's basically a damn sprint i mean it it took pretty quick shit it it took people forever to even break the four minute mile you were just 20 seconds shy of something no one had ever done for a long freaking time i mean now they do it in like three minutes and 36 seconds and crazy shit yeah, like that wow you can run four minutes and 20 seconds in middle school no i don't know i don't know what they're doing today in high school oh okay Yeah. Doesn't change much. Except for the marathon. When I was a little kid, the world record of the marathon was like two minutes and or two hours and eighteen minutes. And I think it was Alberto Salazar. That was that it had come down from two hours and twenty minutes. To, and he got it down to two hours and I think he ended up two hours and fifteen minutes, something like now it's like almost two hours. They're almost breaking two hours. So they've knocked almost almost twenty minutes. How much better Yeah. And that that right there, that amazes me because that's a good clip for twenty six miles. Yeah. I think I ran eleven in about an hour and forty five minutes is the fastest I've ever done it. So they literally ran more than twice as far as me and twice as twice the amount of time or half the time that's fucking crazy to me my my brother was like that we'd go running when i was a kid and we were wrestlers but he was a really good runner and he'd run so far ahead of me that i couldn't see him at all anymore at all and then he would run all the way back to me and bounce around and go what are you doing and then turn around and be gone i wouldn't be able to see him within within a minute he would just be a dot again i was like you fucking asshole Did did you ever try to run a marathon? I ran one marathon. No shit. How long? That was in the, That was in the, That's a long way. Yeah. How long did you do it in? Two hours and forty five minutes and forty something seconds. God damn, that is fast, man. So you went to school on a scholarship? Uh, yeah, to a small school. Yeah. Were you a were you like a state champion in Alabama? Well, I was in Texas. Oh, Texas. When I went to high school, but uh, no, I was. I think I came in second in district. And probably seventh in regionals my senior year in the mile, um, which is, you know, pretty average. For, but in my district was Carlos 
limits. And he ran a full 12 So I, so that's only eight seconds off the fastest you ever did it. So I guess I guess in that kind of running though, eight seconds is kind of a big deal, huh? Oh yeah, he was well ahead of me. Yeah. And how long did it take you after you get out of college to quit running? Oh, almost immediately. You didn't enjoy doing it that much? I, you know, looking back, I did. I, I enjoyed just, uh, it's an amazing feeling, you know, to be, you know. To be able to do something like that. Just to be able to do it is like a fucking superpower. If you're running the best you can and uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen all the time. Just sometimes, it, you know, it feels like you're flying over the surface. You know, you're not even. Yeah. Well, when you're running that damn fast, I mean, I think the fastest mile I ever ran was like 640, and that was probably in middle school. So, and it wasn't fun. I, it just. That's too shabby. What's that? That's not too shabby. Well. I think that was the only time I ever did that. My brother was like you, though. He could run. He could do that. He he ran everywhere. He was Forrest Gump. He he would run. He would run eighteen miles just to see his girlfriend, and then run home from the shit. I mean, he was crazy. And his his daughter is like playing. Uh, um, she's playing like semi pro soccer. Like I don't even think she's playing for her high school. Like it's a waste of her time. She's that damn good. And she she wants to play in the Olympics, and I don't see why she won't end up doing it. She's she's a really talented talented girl and my brother was an awesome athlete but um he had some troubles in high school. We had kind of a um rocky home life sometimes and and wasn't he wasn't all his goals and all that stuff never came to fruition because of that, but he he's a great dad and he's doing everything that we didn't have and uh his daughter's really seeing the benefits of it and she'll probably play in the Olympics someday and I sure hope she does because not only for her, obviously, but for my brother to not realize his goals because of things that weren't necessarily in his control now that he's got a daughter that's that talented as well and she has him for a dad, um, it would really be cool, you know, to see her to see her do that, especially to play in the Olympics. That'd be freaking awesome. Especially if they... What's that? I said, that's awesome. That's like a dang Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> So, how long after you graduated from college did you start doing comedy? Or do you remember where your first where your first gig was? Let's make one thing clear. I made it two years through college before they threw me out. Okay, you didn't graduate. No, I had the my first professor I ever had said it didn't matter whether or not I attended his class. He only took, he's got his grades from the midterm and the final exam. And it didn't matter if he showed up or not. That he was the last he saw me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I figured we was already out of the hall, so I better grandfather us in. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Talk me, talk me in this word. Do you remember your first time on stage? Alcohol taught me a new word. <laughs> Alcohol taught me a lot of new words, like probation and all kinds of <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember your first time on stage? Oh yeah. I just sure laughs a lot in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, okay, so that was a little bit of a chain then, because I knew there was one in Springfield. I didn't know there was one in Memphis. I don't think they were related. Oh, okay. I think both of them just had the same idea. Okay. How'd it go your first time? Uh, you know, the first time when I was so jacked up <laughs> and, you know, nervous, that was the only time, the first time, was the only time my voice, you know, when you get real nervous and your voice squeaks. Yeah. My voice squeaked my first time. But it got a laugh, so I didn't care. Yeah. And you were, were you hooked on it then? Oh, yeah. First time. Did, did you want to be a comedian when you were growing up? What made you, what made you decide to actually try it? I, you know, selling Subarus in Memphis, Tennessee, of all places, trying to sell a Subaru, and couldn't, <laughs> and didn't, and I passed by his comedy club, I've never been in a comedy club, and uh, I happened to come in there on open mic night, and I just sat and watched these local people go up. And then the next week, I thought, you know, all that week, I thought to myself, well, that'd be a great way. If I can master the art of stand-up comedy, I'd probably sell more Subarus. Yeah. Well, that's my thinking. Yeah. So it's going to be like a, what do you call it, a crash course and something. (laughs) (laughs) Stand-up? Yeah, you know, how to make people laugh and buy a car. Right. Well, yeah, like you said, in in Memphis, Tennessee, it couldn't be easy to sell Subarus. No, if I was in uh, Oregon or Washington, I'd have been in the money, but they don't buy many Subarus in Memphis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was hooked from the first time. The second time didn't go so well. I don't think I was as, as juiced up. I knew what to expect. Yeah. Too, yeah. I think. I, I've jumped out of an airplane twice. The first time, I was pretty frightened because it was one of those deals where I was on a uh, static line and I had to crawl out under the wing and hang there and let go. Oh, wow. And that was the hard part, was crawling out of the airplane and under the wing and hanging there and letting go. But the, the first time was pretty scary. The second time was horrifying. And it was because I knew what to expect. <laughs> I knew I was going to have to crawl out on that wing again. Yeah. Once the plane took off, I knew I'd made a mistake, but they offer you such a good deal. They jump second time for half price. <laughs> Don't fall for that. Do it once and get out. Yeah. I've never done it. I don't think I could jump out of a damn flame. I mean, I bungee jumped, but I don't think I could skydive. Well. Yeah. Um, tell us your Comedy Central story. How did that go? You were on Comedy Central Premium Blend, right? Is that what it was called back then? Premium Blend? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, the whirlwind. I went to New York City for about 36 hours. Yeah. 
and we shot it. And I think two days after we shot it was nine eleven. Really? Like, uh, we did it on the eighth, and I think we left on the eighth. And two uh, days later was September eleventh, huh? Was it a good experience? Yeah, you know, it, what little time I was there, I enjoyed it. That's the one and only time I've been to New York City. How how how, how did you get on the how did you get on there in the first place? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I'm just saying I didn't see anything. I was only there thirty six hours. Just I was drunk about that fifteen of those hours. <laughs> Had you been drinking before you did your premium blend uh, show? I did a shot of tequila before I went home, yeah. Yeah. I had to go up the street to get it. Yeah. Were you nervous? I was... I was a little nervous because I had to do a word-for-word set designed to you know, it was worry. My my had to be edited. Yeah. So and I, was, uh, I had to, you know, I was doing my act not the way I normally did. Mhm. Yeah, that makes me the most nervous too. Whenever I have to, whenever I have to, cut stuff out or that, you know, right before I did a show recently where the. Right, literally, right before I went up there, like you know, this is a clean show, right? And I was like, no, nobody told me that. And he goes, yeah, we need it to be squeaky clean. And I was like, he was like, no damn or hell or anything. And I was like, well, shit, somebody, somebody should have told me that a little bit more in advance. And uh, it went fine, but it, you know, I was cutting stuff out right and left and saying poop instead of shit. And you know, sometimes, sometimes just saying poop instead of shit can screw up your whole joke if you've been saying it that way for, you know, right. 10 years or something. And right. and people who don't do stand-up don't realize that. It's like, well, there's a cadence to this, you know, and uh, there's a way you do it, and if you're just telling me i got to omit words like on the fly, it can be a little, a little nerve-wracking, especially if you hit a punchline that, like I've got this, you know, you remember that dog shit joke? I don't know if you remember this, but I, I, you go, you told me you go. If I was a less ethical man, I'd steal that dog shit joke. <laughs> well, I still do that damn thing just because I. It's one of my favorite jokes, and saying um, it's dog poop instead of dog shit doesn't get near the same laugh, and it drives me. It drove me crazy to be up there and have the crowd not laugh at that joke, which 99% of the time gets a laugh, just because the, it, was like, it was like they could tell or something that I was changing it, you know what I mean? Or it just came out of me differently than it normally would. And people who don't do it don't realize what a uh, what a bullshit deal that is to, to drop that on a comedian, especially right before the show. That's what I hate about anytime I've submitted for late night shows. They're always like, well, can you change this to this and all that? And I had one guy, I was trying to get on some late night show and, and I, and it was about the stick. It was, the joke is about the stage and the punchline is it's elevated, bitch. And he goes, that joke won't work because our stage isn't elevated. And I was like, you don't think a crowd is smart enough to know that most stages are elevated just because yours isn't, you dumbass. But that... <laughs> <laughs> but I guess he didn't think it was because they didn't let me do it. Well, did you was was there any uh, comics that you looked up to when you were growing up, or did you did you had you ever even thought about it before you started selling Subarus? Uh, you know, I really hadn't thought much. Of, I've never been to a comedy club, so I had never really. Thought much of. I knew who people were, like Sam Kennison. I mean, I knew who comedians were. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I enjoyed them as much as the next person, I guess. But 
I listened to Jerry Clower. My dad had every Jerry Clower album. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, as I got older, you know, everybody was listening. You had to listen to uh, Richard Pryor and um, Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody. It seems like everybody listened to Richard Pryor and maybe some Eddie Murphy and and uh, and Eddie Murphy was hot right around the time you started, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Once you know, when his album came out, that's like when they had albums. You know, everybody listened to that. Yeah, that was a party record. Yeah, it was almost it was almost more fun when you could just when you could listen to it and you couldn't see them because then you had kind of had to like the first time I ever listened to Bill Hicks was on a DVD or CD and the first then then when I saw him on TV it wasn't near as funny to me because in my head I had all these facial expressions that he made you know it's almost like reading a book and then watching the movie it's like no this isn't near as good you know because you've you kind of built it up in your head what the characters look like and all that kind of stuff and then you see it on a t on on a movie and you're like eh, that ain't what they look like in my mind you know so i kind of enjoyed I it too. Bill Hicks wasn't Sir Laps a lot in Memphis, Tennessee. oh yeah did he was doing uh he was uh he was good i enjoyed Bill Hicks he was happy he was a happy Bill Hicks. There's a happy Bill Hicks and a, a angry Bill Hicks. Mm-hmm. And I think he was mostly happy. He would get angered, but he did, uh, which he didn't normally do, but he did his Elvis impersonation mm-hmm. off of the week. And he normally only reserved that for the drunkenness of Houston open mic, you know. Yeah. Did did you ever meet him or work with him? I I was working the bar. I was the bar back that okay. week that he worked. But no, that's the only time I ever and I didn't meet him. It's the yeah. only time I ever saw him in person. Yeah. Well, I tell everybody who listens to this podcast that he's the reason I started doing comedy. Kind of changed my life. Like I, I was still in college, and I changed my major the next day. And I just loved how funny he was talking about such serious topics. You know, like the Kennedy assassination and and the Iraq War and all that stuff. And uh, every now and again, I get a glimpse of that. Like I, I find myself talking about things that are serious, and I can get laughs out of it. But that's a real art form to be able to do because otherwise, if you're not getting laughs, you just sound like you're on a soapbox, and people don't come to hear that shit. You know. That's what I thought was so brilliant about your joke about the Kosovo War, um, which not a lot of people even know what the hell war that was, but that joke was hilarious. And you had all that stuff about your mom, and I didn't even know I liked girls' soccer. Next ten minutes later, I had the door locked. I was eating popcorn. I had my shirt off. Leave me alone, mother. I'm watching soccer in here. <laughs> I'll look for a job tomorrow. I'm gonna move out here one day. I swear to God, that line just fucking killed me, man. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> well, we've been going for almost an hour. Is there anything you wanna you wanna talk about, or anything you want anybody to know? I Any- guess we've covered it. Yeah. I've enjoyed. Myself. Well, good. We need. Sorry. I don't get to talk to many people over at Mama's house. Yeah. Well, I would love to come visit you. Um, I'm not sure when I'm, I'll be able to, but I would love to. How How far are you from Memphis right now? Is that where you have to fly into? Well, I'm on the other side of Nashville. I'm about forty miles from Nashville. So, if somebody's to come see you, they'd need to fly into Nashville. Okay. Is that your dog in the background? No, it's somebody else's dog. What's your dog's name? Bubby. Yeah. Bubby's inside taking a nap. 
Yeah. Now that I got cancer, me and Bubby are on the same napping schedule, so that's a good thing. <laughs> Always a, a silver lining. Yeah, if you look for it hard enough, it's it's sure some some days it's sure hard to find that some bitch. Yeah, but I'm a I'm I'm so damn. I'm moody. I'm like a pregnant woman. One day I'll be on top of the world and I think everything's great and I'm going to, you know, do what I set out to do, which I'm not even sure what that is some days. And then other days I can't see the forest for the trees, so to speak. And, you know, I wish I could get on a, a an even keel. <laughs> My wife, God bless her. She loves me no matter what. But some days I'm just like, man, you know, and then the very next day is amazing what a difference a day will make. Taking anything? No, I don't take anything. I mean, I, I'm not like, I'm not like super. I don't get super down or anything. But I just, you know, some day, some days I just can't believe how good I felt the day before, or how, you know, I don't know. I am a little up and down, I guess. You're know, getting melancholy. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, I definitely do, and and I don't know why sometimes because like the very next day, I'll feel great. You know? And then the next day you're melancholy. Yeah. My doctor has prescribed me because he, you know, just assumes that, you know, I'm probably suicidal with the things that I got. But I haven't, really, I haven't taken them either. But they, they may seem, I took them a few times and they seem to make me even sleepier than I already was. Yeah. And, but for the normal person, they may. I don't know. He says they're the newest thing. There's always a newest thing. Yeah. <coughs> well, those doctors will give you damn near anything, too. I mean, they get, I don't know if they they get kickbacks from it or what, but. Uh, yeah, they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah. What kind, of, what kind of drug was it? You know, next time I'll, take, I'll text it to you. Okay. I like to go in there. Just, I got to keep it in the refrigerator. It's one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I need medicine. I mean, I, I feel like every time, whenever I exercise helps me quite a bit, helps me see the brighter side of things. Um, and sometimes yeah. sometimes I'll have shows and I really feel like, like they went well and, and I, I, hate, I hate how much I let it bother me sometimes whether or not I have a good or bad show. And a lot of times it's just in my mind anyway, you know, like, like it, it, it'll be, a good, it'll have been a good show. I just, there was something that didn't quite go right, you know, that I thought should have went different or some lady up front was bugging me or something. But if you're a professional, people don't know, but in my own head, I'm like, well, that sucked, you know, and it, it really didn't. Sometimes I'll listen to a tape of something that I, a show that I hated and I'm like, why'd you hate that show so much? They were laughing the whole time, you know, um, noticed too that a lot of crowds are just aren't big laughers you know like you'll get a crowd that doesn't laugh a lot and and in my and I get kind of annoyed by it and then I have to stop and think well you know last time I watched Dave Chappelle when he was done I thought to myself god he's probably the best comic I ever saw and but then I realized I didn't really laugh that much out loud I just enjoyed the hell out of it and sometimes people enjoy it and they don't laugh that much and I've got to keep myself from reminding reminded of that, you know, or sometimes I'll sell the most merchandise after shows that I hated and vice versa. I'll have a show that I just felt like was awesome and then people stream out and not even look at me, you know, it's just, it's just a weird business. But, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, I don't mean to sound like I'm overly depressed or anything, but I, I sure a moody bastard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, it might just be genetics. yeah. I think my mom's got a little bit of it and uh, and all that. Did you did you ever regret not having kids? 
Yeah. I wouldn't want any right now, but earlier in life, yeah. Yeah. You mean because of your situation or because of the state of the world or what? Oh, if they were like, you know, 25 years old now, but no, I wouldn't want to have no little baby right now. Because of the state of the world? You know, because odds are I'm not going to be around to, you know. But... I think we're gonna try. We're we're trying to have a kid, so you don't you don't think uh, you think it'll be fine if I do. Do what? You think? Do you think it'll be fine if I end up, if I end up having a kid? Like with the, you know, I guess every generation worries about like the state of the world and you know that we're all going to hell in a handbasket and all that shit. But um, you think that's just something every parent worries about? Oh yeah, for paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. But well, if... I mean, you gotta keep having kids. Yeah. Well, there's definitely some people who should never have them, and then, they're, and then you know, I got a joke in my act about how the people who don't have them or, or who, who want to have them and can't end up having them, it, there's usually the people yeah. who deserve to have them. It's just circumstances don't give them to them, and, uh, you know, all these other jackasses are having them like rabbits. What's that? They're going to do it. Sex is fun. Especially <laughs> if you're poor, it's the only thing to do. <laughs> what else you going to do? Yeah, that ain't no can't shit. Watch, can't watch cable? Yeah, you can't watch any TV nowadays. When, you're, when we were kids, at least you could watch free TV. No, cable costs $400 a month. Yeah. I know. Our cable bill is like 200 and something, and we don't even heavily watch that shit. Uh, anyway. Well, buddy, uh, if there's anything, unless there's nothing, anything else you want to talk about, I'm going to, I'm going to cut this thing off here, but, uh, it'll be up soon and you can, uh, you can put it on, uh, you can put it on your Facebook and tell people to listen to it. I would appreciate can I, it. Can I get to it through your Facebook? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll put it on SoundCloud and then and then I'll share it on Facebook and then you can just share it off of my page. Cool. Yeah. So. Right well, thanks, buddy. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. I'll give you a call and uh, and we need to talk more often. Yes, sir. Be good to talk good. to you. And I'd like to see you sometime, and we'll try to arrange that too. All right, buddy. Well, God bless you. I appreciate where, you, Jay Scott. Where, where are you at? Um, I live in Southern California, pretty close to Redondo Beach. Redondo Beach. Yeah. I'm about 15 miles from uh, from the beach, and I can even go skiing if I want to drive about two hours, which I do every once in a while. I'm going to try to go next Wednesday. Did you ever try skiing? Skiing like water skiing? Like snow skiing. Yeah, I didn't try it until I was in college, and uh, at first I was so terrible at it, I never wanted to do it again. I tried to go to this place that was too icy and almost killed myself, and and then I went a second time in college and, and had some real snow, and, and it was a hell of a lot of fun, and now I've probably been, I've still probably been less than 10 times in my life, 15 times maybe, but I really enjoy it, and I'm pretty good at it now. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, but it'd be fun if you get at it. Yeah, all you really got to do is kind of stay in a wrestling stance and you won't kill yourself too bad. Uh, I've had some pretty nasty wipeouts, though. If it's icy, it's a, it's not fun. It's scary. <laughs> uh, but if the snow's right, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you being on here very much, and uh, God bless you, and, and, and uh, keep on keeping on, and we'll we'll talk at you soon. Okay, buddy. I'll let you know when it's up. All right, bro. Thank you, man. I'll you see you later. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was my good friend, J. Scott Holman. Um, I, I feel like I talked over him a couple times. I didn't mean to. Um, 
um, you know, sometimes you get you get you get excited about stuff and you want to say things, and then I and there was a couple times there I felt like I interrupted him and I didn't mean to do that, but I sure like talking to him, and uh, he's a if I want to get a hold of his CD, and when I do, I'll let you guys know what it's called, and and I'll uh, encourage you to listen to it. it. It's it is without question the hardest I've ever laughed in my life, and uh, we pray for him every night. And uh, if anybody listening is the praying type, and they want to pray for my friend J. Scott Holman to uh, to beat his cancer and to stick around as long as he possibly can, and to be in good health and uh, pain free and and all that stuff, I would really appreciate it. And uh, go to makingithappen.com, M-A-C-A-N, ithappen.com, to help out little bow-making. And uh, go to timgathercomedy.com to see when I'm going to be coming to a city near you. I'm going to be hanging out at home for a while, working on my YouTube stuff, and uh, so keep an eye out for that, too. We're going to be posting about that. Uh, my friend Drake and I are going to start filming for it tomorrow, so... We're excited about that, and uh, keep Jay Scott in your prayers, and God bless all of you. I appreciate you listening. Take care. Bye.